Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Programme. Today is day 16, meaning we're in Genesis 31 and 32. And then we're in Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 45, all the way through into chapter 7 and verse 13. It's really important that we read these passages first and then come back to the daily devotional. Let's begin by looking at our Old Testament passage. After years of serving in the fields and serving Laban, drastic change comes to the life of Jacob, Rachel and the rest of the family. Look at chapter 31 and spot verse 3 and 11. This was not Jacob deciding it was time to leave. This was God and his plan and God expected obedience. Now after years of Laban tricking Jacob and reaping the benefits, it was time for Jacob and the whole family to take up all that the Lord had blessed them with and move on. There was only one problem, the deceit of Rachel. Now there's two odd things happening here. Why on earth did Laban have idols and why did Rachel steal them? We're not given an answer for either, but we can speculate that Rachel maybe wanted to hurt her father for all he had done against the family. There's this tense moment where Laban catches up with the family and searches all the belongings for these idols and false gods. Notice Laban doesn't launch an attack to gain his flock back, nor try and kill Jacob so he can have his daughters back. No, all he wanted were these false gods. And it speaks a lot about where he places his faith. As we move toward the end of the chapter, we see a covenant set before Jacob, one that ensures the safety of the family and an end of the corruption that Laban imposed on Jacob. And you know, as we read this passage today, it so easily could have been different. There could have been outright war between the families. But remember, this was God's planning being realised. God was in control here. Well, with Laban dealt with, now Jacob had to confront Esau. In chapter 32, we have that preparation for this meeting. Remember the last time that Jacob and Esau were together, Isaac blessed Jacob instead of Esau. And in that moment, Esau wanted to kill his brother. And they've had no communication since. Jacob fears that the situation remains unchanged. So Jacob does two things. First, he splits his camp so that if Esau does attack, not all will be lost. Second, he tries to appease his brother by sending gift after gift Yes, Jacob prays before God, but his human fear is running his heart to the point where he is trying to control the situation that is ahead of him. We don't find out the conclusion of such a meeting till tomorrow. Instead, we have this significant moment in Jacob's life in the final verses of chapter 32. Do you remember when Abram had his name changed to Abraham? Well, Jacob has a name change to Israel. God was going to truly bless Israel, making them a nation, a chosen people of God. Yet this name change didn't come in a moment of peace. It came when Jacob was wrestling with God, seeking the blessing of God and willing to take the punishment to get it. And the faithfulness of Jacob is truly on display here. And God responds by blessing this faithfulness. As you read these two chapters, see the two sides of the story. God in control, man trying to figure it out. God blessing, man living in fear. The faith of a Christian is to seek to live by God's control and blessing and to deny ourselves human fear and human control. This weekend, hand over what you have taken control over. Give it to God and run in his strength, not in your own. As we now head into our New Testament passage, we head to Mark's gospel. And Jesus really truly is captivating, isn't he? He can calm a storm, heal the sick, challenge the highest religious leaders. Jesus can do all of these things for he has the authority of God. All things are sustained by him and therefore all things can come under his command. He can command a storm to be still for he created the waters and the wind. He can command bodies to heal for he created male and female. 
He can challenge the religious leaders, for it's the Lord's holiness that should be sought, not the man-made rules that they were chasing. I want to dial in for a moment to verse 6 and 7 in chapter 7. These verses describe those who would worship God, sing his praises, but do so in vain, for they do not follow the words of God. Instead, they follow the twisted man-made approach of the religious leaders. Do you see how our worship is nonsense unless we first stand on the word of God? There's a phrase, sola scriptura, on scripture alone. Without a firm grip, belief and faith in the words of God, anything else we do is nonsense. Over the next few weeks, see to it that God's word takes priority in your life. Don't rush to endless ministry programs or getting involved in Christian discussion or debate. Get your hearts and minds into the word of God and let your life be transformed so that your worship won't be in vain. Jesus is king. He has all authority and we seek to bring him the glory. Let's close our time out by praying. Father, we do praise you that Jesus is indeed in control of all things. Father, help us trust that. Help us stand on the word of God, knowing that it's truth. Father, as we look to Israel in that example of wrestling with God, seeking to be faithful before God, Father, we pray that we would wrestle our human bodies, denying them control of our lives and instead living all for Jesus. Father, we pray for your blessing as we go into your word each day and that we would be children of God, firm on the rock of God's word so that our worship would not be in vain. So, Father, we pray that you help us live for you. In your precious name. Amen.